We're in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is spirit, and whoever this, excuse me, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Then Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. The, the end result of restoring rhythms is it has brought us into discipleship. It's bolstered our discipleship. A disciple is a person that is teachable. They want to know more of Jesus, know more of God's Word, and apply that experience and that knowledge to their everyday life. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. We're Christians. I-A-N on the end of any word means a little version of. As Christians, our, our aspiration is to be a little version, so to speak, of Jesus as we live out our faith and our life. That's punctuated by our two scripture passages this morning. First, Second Corinthians 3.18. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed in, uh, into his glorious image. More and more like Christ, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He indwells us and he changes us from the inside out. Philippians 4, 9. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, Paul says. Everything you heard from me and saw me do. Then the God of peace will be with you. Now, some might think Paul's being a little self-centered. He said, remember what I taught and what I did. Well, you know, the Bible wasn't written yet. In fact, Paul is writing it. He's sending a letter to the church at Philippi. And as he does, he wants to remind them to, to do what I taught you to do and do as I do such as the teachability of a disciple. They want to know more. They want to experience more. They want to share that, that knowledge and that experience with those around them. Five marks of a disciple. Number one is a disciple loves the teacher. That's what being a disciple is all about, Right? You want to learn and emulate the teacher or the master that you follow. Now, here is an interesting biblical insight. Jeremiah 24, 7. 
Jeremiah is speaking for God. I will give them a heart to know me. Wow. See, God does make the first move in our life so that we can make the second move. We're only able to know him more because he uses the Holy Spirit to bring an inner prompting to us. God calls to us and God makes it so that we can hear him and respond to him and be dedicated to him. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. We got to love the, the teacher, love Jesus. Not only do we love Jesus, but we, we love all the other disciples. And here, we know that we're talking about our forever family. Others that name the name of Christ and seek to carry out his will in their life. Your love for one another will be proven to the world that you are my disciples. Yeah, you know, the Bible even says that if you can't love one another, well, how are you going to love God? A much higher aspiration. A disciple seeks to love those around them, to include those around them. So, a a disciple's a lover. Love God, mind, heart, and soul. Strength, love your neighbor as yourself. A third mark of, the, of a disciple is that they're leaning into the transformation that the Holy Spirit is bringing to their life. We got to lean in, not, not back up. And the great thing about restoring rhythms is it's helped us to lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing, what he's doing in us and what he wants to do through us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now notice it's fruit and not fruits. It's not plural, it's singular. God wants to bring all of these character qualities to you. The Holy Spirit helps us to be more loving, more joyful, be more at peace, be patient when they're driving us crazy, to be more kind, more good. He bolsters our faith. He encourages our gentleness. And when the world seems to be spinning out of control or our world is spinning out of control, God gives us a sense of self-control. Now he wants to bring all of those things to us. And the Holy Spirit is very good at giving us a, an abundance in an area where perhaps we're just, well, it's just not our strength. There are two things that we will take with us when we go to eternity. You will take your, your Christian character with you. And you will take with you anyone that you've influenced into eternity. Who you are truly is your character. 
God has given you a conscience and that's developed into a certain character and add your personality to that and yes, you're going to be the best version of yourself when you get to eternity. Disciples, lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing. If we want to fold our hands and turn our backs, we are not robots of Jesus. He doesn't make us lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing, but he invites us and helps us to lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing. A disciple is someone that aspires to fulfill God's eternal purpose in and through their life. And God does have a purpose for all of us. And as Christians, it's an eternal purpose. Yeah, there's things he wants us to do in this moment. In the days and weeks and months and years, decades that we have on this planet. But each and every day he has an eternal purpose that he wants us to carry out. To help someone, some good person that we know. Someone new to our sphere of influence. You do know people who could use the benefit of knowing Jesus Christ and being a part of his church, don't you? And we've seen that the expansion and the enrichment of God's kingdom through what we say and what we do, well, it's a difference maker. It's an eternal difference maker. Now listen to what Paul has to say to us about, well, who we are as disciples. 2 Timothy 2. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay, two separate different groups. The expensive uh, utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. Now, perhaps that's the kind of home you grew up or the home that you celebrate now. When guests come, you usually bring out what? The fine china, right? You, you bring out the, the uh, silver that you have and it's the very best. You bring your very best. The only time there's a celebration and you don't bring out the china and the silver is a little kid's birthday party. There, it's okay to use paper plates and disposable utensils. Here's the thing. Too often we think we're a paper plate. Some disposable utensil. You're not. You are the gold and the silver, the treasure of Jesus Christ, and he wants to use you for the very best occasions to make an eternal difference. If you keep yourself clean, transforming, you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Anybody want to miss out on a good thing? No. And I know even when we wake up in a with a bad attitude, I know that we 
really want to do good works. Here's the, the same thought, but pitched a little bit differently in terms of metaphor. 1 Corinthians 3. Anyone who builds on that foundation, and he's referring to salvation in Jesus Christ, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, and jewels are in one category, wood, hay, and straw are in another category. And the key is, are we choosing the best in terms of living out our life and our faith in Jesus Christ? But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work or character has any value. You are of great value to God. You are the object of God's affection. You are His treasure. And His challenge is use the very best that you have for your kingdom work. Because one day, one day you'll die and you'll go to heaven. And one of the things that you will do is you will stand before Jesus and he will ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you really use your very best, the gold, silver, and jewels? Or did you take what was commonplace and easy, the wood, hay, and straw? See, the image is, is we, we take those items and we put them into a pizza oven. We see what happens. Put them into a fire. We know what would happen. The wood, the straw, it would burn quickly. But there needs to be an intense fire for the gold and the silver and the jewels to melt, to run away. See, Paul is saying the choice is up to you. God has given you the very best. And, you, and we are to use the very best that he has given us for his eternal purpose. Yeah, we have to decide, do we, do we use the best or do we use the least? The fire will show if a person's work character has any value. And Jesus values you highly. He wants to use you in the expansion and the enrichment of his kingdom. And so we honor him, what? With our very best, time, talent, treasure, and touch. And we offer that to him in our work in expanding and enriching his eternal kingdom. The fifth mark of a disciple is that we we trust the teacher and the teaching in times of trouble. The teacher and the teachings in times of trouble. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. Here's a, an interesting fact. 
7,487 promises are made in the Bible to you and to me. There are over 8,000 promises in the Bible, but 7,487 are promises made to humanity. Promises made to you and to me. And I know, like you, in times of trouble, we doubt instead of having faith. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. He was convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. One of the things that we've learned in restoring rhythm is, is that God does what he says he's going to do. That he's trustworthy. That he makes good on every promise he makes to us. Rick's going to take it from here. I tried to set you up the best You I did could, a great man. job. I especially like that you talked about leaning into transformation. Well, you told me to say that. Yeah. I okay. Know. Yeah. I remember well, Scott and I had lunch in the fall of last year, and we were cooking up this idea of doing a sequel to Rooted, which we had done two years ago. And we thought, let's make this workbook, and we'll have a bunch of devotions and activities, a prayer meeting. You know, it sounded really good. Uh, COVID was starting to kind of increase a little bit. Anyway, we, we went ahead and started on this. It turned into a book, 130-page workbook. It was a lot of work, and we got to the launch in January, and it was the absolute peak of Omicron. I remember telling some folks uh, that, yeah, we're going to launch this big small group thing like next week, and it's the peak. If people are getting sick, and I don't know what people are going to do. Are they going to lean into transformation or, or what? And I was very pleasantly surprised. We had 23 small groups start that week. Some of them knew. Uh, a lot of them started on Zoom and actually never left Zoom. <laughs> Uh, and it was, it was incredible. We had over 200 people do this series in person in groups, plus another 100 people took these workbooks, which we printed up and gave away, and did it throughout the entire 10 weeks together. And it was kind of fun this morning to look at the live stream. Now, usually I look at it and think, I want to see more people on live stream if they're not here, right? Today, I wanted it to be the lowest attended live stream of the year because we told all the groups, come in person together if you can, whatever. And that happened today. It was great. I, I saw a group at 9 o'clock. They had never met in person. They'd only been on Zoom, and they were there for the first time together. Uh, I can see there's different groups here, too, sitting together. Awesome. Uh, it is, you know, God has led us through this pandemic, and this has been a real key tool for us and we've had some great experiences some great service projects together a wonderful prayer meeting and the last couple of weeks were focused on affirmation uh, and continuing to share our stories together so one of the things I asked was for folks to send in videos of what this experience did for them and I want to show you that right now Restoring Rhythms has been really valuable for me because it got me back in the habit of doing daily devotions and all of them have been pertinent and have made my life better. 
I joined this group with my wife and she was trying to get me to come back and get more involved. And uh, when I first got here, I was a little bit anxious and um, felt disconnected. And um, since then, um, I've been coming and, and uh, I truly feel refreshed now and feel a little more connected to the church. Um, we did a service project for the youth where we uh, helped uh, sort out all the stuff they needed for their mission trip uh, for, their, for their garage sale. And that was really exciting to be able to spend time with everybody and fellowship with everybody. I think for me, the God Space section really spoke to me because I always feel pressured that I have to have the answers and really learning that it's just creating the space and inviting people, building that trust and being giving them the opportunity to come in and speak. I really thought I was a good listener, but you have a little test to take, and I flunked. I realized that I was spending so much time sorting out a response before they were even through talking to me that I wasn't listening. So it has really helped me to take a look at that and change. It's really helped me in many ways, but I think primarily learning more about scripture and Jesus. It's been a great blessing and I've learned a lot and I've really learned to enjoy Bible study. I was apprehensive because of a new group where we really mel melded well. I think it really helped me in my spirit to see uh, what resources I have in order to be more generous to my community, my church family, and, and my um, close family members. That's what makes me comfortable with my own sense of generosity. Am I, am, am I willing to invest in other people's lives to make their life better? We talk some about complacency because I can really drift when life gets complicated. And so I'm trying to be a lot more focused. And I found that all 10 lessons in this volume and all lessons that we've shared together really helped me in this desire because I'm getting hungrier and hungrier to help other people find Jesus. Ten weeks ago I was searching for spiritual growth and today I realize this is a lifetime goal. Ten weeks ago I was not willing to give money or my possessions during the course of a day, but today I'm more generous than I have been in the past, at least I feel that way and I'm still working to get better. Ten weeks ago I desired to have fellowship with other believers and to share our faith. Today I'm honored to be with new friends, sharing our stories of faith and fellowship in PD2. So 10 weeks ago, I felt nervous to kind of express my faith uh, with other people and really open up about it. But with doing this program and doing Rooted and Basic Beliefs and stuff, now I feel inspired to express my faith and try and create an environment to invite other young adults to learn more about Jesus. Ten weeks ago, I find myself worrying a lot and was afraid of changes or unexpected events. Now I know that God has a plan and to leave it all to Him because He does not want us to live in fear or worry. I know to seek Him and pray when I do feel this way. One year ago, I was baptized and publicly confessed my faith, and I started uprooted. Starting this journey was unknown, and where Jesus would bring me wasn't known either. Now, I am finishing restoring rhythm with an amazing small group whom I've served with and cheerfully, I might add, with smiles and joys in our heart, just as Jesus really intended for us to go about serving. 
Learning that leaving all my worries and woes to Jesus is the way to go because God is good. Ten weeks ago, I didn't really understand where and how I was supposed to use my own gifts in the church to glorify God. Now I see and am actively working towards a way to use what I have in His service. Ten weeks ago, I felt lost and confused and like my life was out of control. Today, I realize that I've been preparing for a transition in my life. Today, I have hope and some knowing that with God in my life, so much more is possible. <laughs> okay, go flip it back. <laughs> Ten weeks ago, I was—I moved to the area and I really didn't have any friends. But now, it's like I have a family of believers. So the number one question people have asked me recently is, so what's next? You know, what do we do after all of this? And I want to let you know about a, a couple of things that are coming up in just a few weeks that are wonderful applications for all that we've gone through, especially in the area of helping people who are not well-connected in our church to get connected and to get to know them. The first is on Tuesday nights starting April 12th. It's going to be a men's group for six weeks based around the, the book Wild at Heart with John Eldridge. It's a brand new series, video-based series, and last fall, we had uh, one that we did called Stepping Up to Courageous Manhood, which I thought was fantastic because we had younger guys, some older guys, people that were not necessarily in small groups at the time or just guys that wanted to get to know each other in the church. And so many people said afterwards, hey, can we do something like this again in the spring? And so we thought about it, and we are. Uh, I would encourage you guys, uh, come out, spend six weeks. We're going to have food. Uh, some great little teaching segments, some, some wonderful conversations, and it is the chance to include more people and especially to build our, our, our men's groups at our church. So uh, just put that on your calendars starting April 12th, six weeks. It's going to be awesome. The other one is what I have called for years the power train of transformation in our church. It is basic beliefs. We've been doing it for 15 years, and it is a place for conversations, for questions, for, for discussion about uh, Christianity. We go through various topics. We have uh, live teaching from our pastors. We have video. If you've never uh, been to uh, Basic Beliefs, this is the coolest experience we do every year. Uh, I have story after story. Even during the pandemic, we had about 60 people come on Zoom. We never stopped doing this. We had last year a, a hybrid course where we had people come in person, and that was, that was all like 50 or 60, even during the pandemic, plus Zoom. And last year, in fact, the last two or three years, people have started to invite their adult children, their grandchildren, sometimes friends. Uh, we had people from other states come on Zoom, and people attended it that way. It has been uh, an amazing thing for the area of discipleship. 
And I want to encourage you, if uh, you want to get to know people in our church, this is the place we, we do it every spring. We always have baptisms at the end. Uh, people work through things together. It is the God space event of our church, just where people can grow. So you're going to hear more about that, some more announcements in the coming weeks. So, but mark your calendars for April 14th, which is a Thursday night. There's food, uh, in fact, great food. Uh, come once even just to check it out and bring a friend, bring a relative, uh, figure out if your relatives are far away, invite them on Zoom, whatever it is, we're going to trust God to do some amazing things in this spring. So I'm going to pray for us, and uh, I'm just so glad we are at a church that believes in disciple-making. Lord, we are uh, just glad to be here today. We're thankful that you're at work in our lives, that you're transforming us. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for this congregation that they have stepped up and want to grow, and want to get to know other people, to be uh, involved in all the various ways. Thank you for our men's ministries, our women's ministries, things like basic beliefs that we can invite people to, uh, going out and meeting our neighbors, like Map Your Neighborhood. Uh, beautiful day. So many things, Lord, that you have given us as gifts in this church that we can continue to grow and, and be invitational. So as we think about Easter, as we think about our neighbors, we think about our loved ones and friends, pray we, we would be ones who reach out, who pray, and who continue to grow and share your good news. In Jesus' name, amen.